think you're what they say you are Superstar Do you think you're what they say you are It's showtime with Ricky Lee. Thank you for tuning in here at 101.5 Huntley Community Radio. You can always stream the station in real time at HuntleyRadio.com. And you can always listen to current and past episodes as podcasts. May is Star Wars Month. To celebrate, Steel Beam Theater in St. Charles is bringing the hit Chicago comedy The Princess Strikes Back to the suburbs as a part of Star Wars Comedy Weekend, May 19th through the 21st. The Princess Strikes Back is an incredible one-woman show starring Victoria Montabano that deals with love, relationships, and the maturing process all linked together with creative and entertaining Star Wars references. It is an amazing show that will be at Steel Beam Theater Friday, May 19th, and Sunday, May 21st. Joining me now to discuss this incredible show is the writer and star, Victoria Montabano. Hello, Victoria. Hi, how are you? I am doing great. It is so, so exciting to talk to you about bringing this wonderful show that has been just receiving rave reviews in Chicago and bringing it out to the suburbs for this comedy weekend. For those you know, I, I, I gave like a two-second synopsis of what the show is. I didn't do it justice. So I'm going to turn <laughs> to you, the writer, the star, who lives with this every day. Can you yeah. describe it for the audience so they have an idea of what it's re- what they're really getting when they step into the theater? Sure, sure. Well, you know, my short sort of pitch for it is it's about how my childhood crush on Han Solo has affected the rest of my dating life. So it's a lot of dating stories, uh, which are very funny, and a lot of sort of embarrassing stories from, you know, tweenage years. <laughs> and um, and yeah, all laced together with Star Wars references. And I, you know, I like to think I come to some sort of uh, hopeful conclusion. <laughs> And now, do you have to be a Star Wars aficionado to enjoy this show? Absolutely not. Um, People ask me that all the time. And uh, I say definitely not. When I was workshopping the show, I purposefully made sure um, people who were not Star Wars fans were hearing it before it made its, you know, final premiere. And I will describe to you and explain to you anything that you need to know about Star Wars as part of the show uh, to enjoy the show. And I also like to say I came to Star Wars. What the show is about is how I came to Star Wars in, I think, a different way than a lot of people. I think a lot of people saw it as kids and were super into like the lightsabers and fighting and all the different ships and they can name off every single spaceship and every single weapon and i still don't know any of that um but i came to it from a place of like uh falling in love with young Harrison ford which i think many people can uh agree with me on and um so the things that i'm going to tell you about star wars are about the characters and the relationships 
and who's making out with who. (laughs) (laughs) Now, let's talk about those origins. You know, it started with falling in love with young Han Solo, young Harrison Ford. And, you know, I can understand that in the sense that every little boy in, that, that I was in school with thought that Han Solo was the coolest and, and, oh, and yeah. Luke Skywalker was super cool too and, and Princess Leia was the most beautiful woman. So I get it. So tell me how that inspired the rest of your life and that eventually led to this show. Sure. Well, I think it's one of those things... Uh, at the time, you know, when you're a, a teenager, I was 13 when I saw Star Wars for the first time. So at that age, it's not something you sort of realize you're doing at the time. But in hindsight, you can look back and say, oh, I was someone who I had crushes on boys in my school, in my like acting classes, in my activities I was doing. I had little crushes all the time, but I didn't realize that. And I sort of manifested that by kind of like arguing with boys I had a crush on and like fighting with them and making jokes. And it wasn't until much later on that I realized that like, that's how I uh, dealt with like those feelings that come up that you're, you don't understand when you're young, you know? Um, And what I realized when I was an adult and I watched Star Wars again, the original trilogy, I hadn't seen in a long time. And I watched it again for the first time um, when they released them on Disney Plus. And that's when I realized, oh, this is why I sort of what loved this story. This is why Han Solo was my first love was because Han Solo and Princess Leia have a very Uh, have a relationship where they're arguing and they're, and that's how they manifest their love. So uh, that's when I realized, and I was, you know, in my thirties when I realized that. So uh, then I started looking back and going, Oh, that's what I was looking for in every kind of relationship I was in. I was looking for that dynamic. Okay. And, and so without, you know, going into material from the show, you know, because people want to see that fresh and, and enjoy it. But with a little hint, what would be like a way that this fascination with Han Solo and Princess Leia's relationship affected one of your relationships later and after, after seeing the Star Wars for the first time? Well, I would always, if I was, you know, on dating apps, or uh which is how you know most of us adults these days <laughs> yes find it's partners. changing time um, it is it's so uh I, I would always like meeting up with someone for the first time uh i would sort of judge like if we could banter together and that would be like oh if we could banter together then i'll go on a second date <laughs> you know and like not everyone banters that's not everyone's love language you know and so but that was it. That's sort of the main thing. I was like, we need to be able to kind of rib each other and, and banter a little bit and sort of poke fun at each other without being mean. And that to me was what would get you a second date. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, now the show has been a success. You, you workshopped it in Orlando, I believe. Yeah. So, well, I workshopped it, uh, virtually really because it it went up the world premiere of the show was in um was in chicago but it was via live stream because it was in 2021 gotcha. you were still and so uh 
any workshopping of it, uh, I did um, virtually. And mm. then after the world premiere, I did, I took it on the fringe circuit to Orlando and Indianapolis in person, but then also a few other virtual shows in, um, through Theater Crude in Oklahoma City and the Los Angeles Women's Theater Festival. Um, those are all virtual. So, uh, and the Elgin Fringe Festival, I should say, speaking of bringing it to the suburbs of Chicago, that was actually the first fringe I did. So I wouldn't necessarily call it workshopping because the show was done. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't make any major rewrites after the um, initial premiere, but definitely as far as like doing it, uh, I, I do think it's evolved just as far as my how comfortable I am in it um, and how much it is very much a conversation with the audience. And so how comfortable I am sort of feeding off what the audience is giving me uh, has definitely evolved. And yes, I did do that in Orlando and Indianapolis. So now you feed off the energy of the, the audience and you know, that, that is the case with a, a lot of theatrical events. And, yeah. um, do you find a difference? We're bringing this show from Chicago to St. Charles, uh, having worked, you know, done it in Orlando, in, in Indianapolis, and in Elgin. Is there a difference in the audience? Um, it, it's hard to say. I would say, actually, I feel the, the audiences in the smaller cities I've done, Orlando and Indianapolis, I think um, actually gave... I think more energy than the uh, yeah. Chicago audiences um, because it was, well, they were part of festivals. So people mm -hmm. are just excited to be there and taking in all kinds of theater. And, um, and it's just, I think something new. I, in Chicago, we have a lot of comedy. We have a lot of improv. We have a lot of people like trying different forms of theater and, and things like that. So I think in Chicago, not that people in Chicago don't enjoy it, uh, I just think it's a little bit of like, oh, well, we see stuff like this already. Um, whereas in smaller cities and in the suburbs, people are just really excited to see different types of theater. So I actually think they give me a little bit more. Yeah. And I th I think, you know, well, St. Charles and the neighboring communities are all very excited to be bringing this to uh, Steel Beam Theater. And one of the factors you mentioned being a part of fringe festivals created a kind of communal buzz. And mm -hmm. this event is part of a Star Wars comedy weekend. So again, there's kind of this thematic buzz about it. And yeah. one of the things that's going to be going on is a costume contest. And that made me think of the importance of your costume in The Princess Strikes Back. So can you tell us, for those who have not seen the show, who have not seen the posters, tell us a little bit about the costume that you start the show in. So I start the show wearing Princess Leia's gold bikini, <gasps> which is a famous costume. I know. Uh, I think mean, even if you've never seen Star Wars, you've seen this costume. Um, and it's, it's sort of, I was just really excited when I came up with the idea of the show. I loved that costume as a kid and I sort of, the the sort of meaning of it went over my head as a, a teenager where, you know, Leia is enslaved when she's wearing that costume. So it's not necessarily like, 
you know, a great feminist uh, <laughs> moment to be dressed as, you know, a slave. But, um, but I loved it growing up. I think people are excited to see it. And since I was excited to wear it, and I know now the meaning behind it as an adult, uh, I like to think of it more as this is the costume that Leia killed Jabba the Hutt in. She took that costume and her her literal chains as that she was tied up in as a slave and killed her captor in it, um, which I think does make it very empowering. And uh, I'm just excited to wear it every time I wear it. That is a good way of reframing something. Very, mm-hmm. I, I like that. You and are... I believe actually Carrie Fisher has a quote similar to that. I'm not going to try and quote it because I know I will miss quote it but i think some if like she did a lot of you know comic cons and things like that and so some people have asked her about it and she's had like parents of young children ask her like how do i explain this to my child you in this like tiny outfit and she said something along the lines of like well tell them that i was forced into that outfit and i used it to kill to murder someone so yeah i love that you're listening to It's Showtime with Freaky Lee on 101.5 Huntley Community Radio. You can always listen to current and past episodes of the program as one of your favorite podcasts. The Princess Strikes Back is the cornerstone to Star Wars Comedy Weekend, May 19th through the 21st at Steel Beam Theater in St. Charles. It promises to be an epic weekend of Star Wars-themed entertainment that also includes a Star Wars costume contest, and the incredible Any Suggestions improv troupe doing a special Star Wars-themed improv performance. To make plans and reserve your tickets, visit SteelBeamTheater.com or call 630-587-58521. That's 630-587-8521. Today, I am joined by Victoria Montabano, who stars in The Princess Strikes Back. So, Victoria, you described the process, you know, where you got the idea for the the show. You were re-watching the Star Wars shows on uh, Disney Plus for the first time, and it made you realize it had colored your life. So what was the process once you made this realization and decided, hey, this would make some good material? What was the process then? So I am a storyteller, um, which is, uh, I think most people know of storytelling through the moth on NPR. uh, And if they don't know that, they don't, they don't know what it is. (laughs) Um, It's pretty much, uh, it looks a little bit like stand up comedy. Uh, You know, you go up there, you're standing just you and a microphone, you're there by yourself. But instead of just of telling jokes, you tell uh, a narrative story with a beginning, middle and end. Um, and also in the storytelling community, you know, many of people use it, use storytelling as a form of comedy, but also many people are dramatic storytellers and, and don't even worry about jokes. They're just telling a story. And so I had started doing that um, and sort of going to storytelling open mics and doing book storytelling shows and things like that. And so I wrote uh, a story that um, di- does end up in the show that sort of became the cornerstone of of the show um uh, about a boy i had a crush on when i was 13 and uh you know an awkward sleepover 
that uh, I had and sort of colored it with the with Star Wars. And when I told that story, it was the first time I realized, oh, this could be something that there's something here. I can expand this and this could be a whole show. And then where did you go from there? I mean, you said you, you started with a, a storytelling open mic, came up with some stories, one of which made it into the eventual show. Uh, and then you realized, okay, this could make something good. How am I going to develop it? How did you develop it? What, what made for a good story that made it into the show versus a story that maybe you were considering and didn't make the cut? What was the criteria? So the when I came up with the idea of sort of telling, you know, dating stories about dating, having a show about dating and relationships through the lens of Star Wars, uh, the idea sort of popped in my head with the structure sort of already there. There's an inherent structure to, okay, I had a crush on Han Solo that has affected my relationship. So I will talk all of the stories in the show will be about either crushes or relationships I've had that fit that mold, that this guy was a Han Solo type. And so I started, I, I wrote uh, two more stories that are in the show and um, sort of spent a lot of time taking those out to open mics and workshopping them. And I would record it every time I performed and listened back and made adjustments and once I had those kind of three stories, I went about sort of putting them into a larger structure and uh, sort of weaving them together with jokes and, and shorter stories and, and just sort of getting chronologically, you know, getting to the next story. Right? Now, in terms of comedy, you know, we have any suggestions doing improv which is you know laugh from the second you starts to the end this is a little bit different uh kind of of, of comedy it, it has dramatic elements relationship elements um how did you go about weaving in the comedy um but not letting it become slapstick letting it, it, it part of the charm is 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 the the realness that you bring to the this is your stories how did you weave in the comedy Sure. Well, for me, the comedy always comes first. <laughs> um, that's just sort of how I process things. So, uh, at, but I think having the show based in storytelling, you're inherently going to to have some sort of vulnerability because the thing that makes this a story is that there's a beginning, middle, and end, and the person telling it, the narrator, me, um, has to have some sort of revelation or learn something about themselves or something has to have changed by the end of the story. That's what makes it a story. Uh, so starting with the comedy, but then just telling the story and shaping the story was really what led to the vulnerable moments. Now, we've talked about how this deals with relationships and crushes and so forth, um, yet it's not I, I would not call it a, 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 you know, a risque show by any means. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this would be appropriate for like a PG-13 audience, would you say? That's the label I give it. Yes. Oh. Uh, PG-13. I think if you're, you know, if you're a teenager, you're seeing worse 
than just on TV. You know, um, I always like to give the caveat that the reason it's PG-13 is for stories about, you know, relationships, sex, dating. So I just, it's not, nothing is explicit. Yeah. But let's say you're 13 years old and going to the show with your parents. Think about if you're, if you want to hear those stories sitting next to your mom, (laughs) the kind of thing. Now my parents have seen the show, so uh, I wouldn't have a problem with that, but that's sort of the caveat I give it. Yeah. And you know, I've, obviously seen the show and and i would have no if he didn't live on the other side of the you know country i'd have no problem taking my son to the the show i think he'd be absolutely uh laughing a a lot and and having just a a good time in general now um in terms of the show in different locations you also this bringing it to saint charles to the steel beam theater is part of a little tour that you're starting with the show. I am. Yeah. What are some of the other places that you'll be taking the show? It's not just a tour of the suburbs. You're you're taking it to other states. Yes. So I will kick off in St. Charles and then I will be in Sarasota, Florida, uh June sorry I'm looking at my calendar. June eighth through eleventh will be at the Squeaky Wheel Fringe Festival in Sarasota, Florida. That one's really exciting to me because that's actually my hometown. Oh, so cool. a lot of these stories take place in like my, I found out my high school acting teacher, my high school drama teacher has a show in this festival as well. <gasps> so that's super exciting for me. Um, and then in July, I will be in Kansas City, Missouri for the Kansas City Fringe. And then in uh, the first weekend of August, I will be back in Indianapolis, but I will be at the at Gen Con, which is a like Comic Con style convention. So, and that's actually my first convention. I think people see me walking around at festivals and stuff in my gold bikini and assume I'm a regular at Comic Cons and things like that. But this will actually be my first one, and um, so I'm very excited to be performing there as well. Now, how did the Comic Con uh, one come about? Because that is out of out of what you've done before. Yes. Well, I when I was first developing the show, I was trying to find, you know, unique places I could take it and, and do it. I just want I love doing it. You know, I don't do it to get rich, but I want to be able to take it places, uh, you know, and um, be able to sustain it, you know, uh, on a on tour. And people suggested Comic Cons to me. And as someone who'd never been to one, I was unsure of how that worked. You know, I'd seen like panels and things like that from the bigger ones where they get like Marvel actors and start in like all of these big movie stars giving panels. And I'm like, well, no one's going to come to my little show if they could see Chris Evans on a panel. You know, <laughs> I would rather see Chris Evans. On a panel. So, um, but someone su- specifically suggested Gen Con to me when I was in Indianapolis last year. Um, thing that like they love shows like this it's a bit smaller it's mostly a gaming convention rather than um, like go see all the stars so people go there to play like Dungeons and Dragons or like tabletop gaming and they love having entertainment events Um, and there's you can walk around you know I'll have a pass so I can be walking around and talking to people and so um, that's sort of how that came about. And are there any lessons that people will walk away from The Princess Strikes Back with? Um, I think the main lesson, well, let's see. Let's see if I can put it into words. Um, <laughs> I think 
the biggest lesson is sort of your expectations versus your reality. You know, you have this expectation that you're going to like have meet some charming rogue and you're going to fall in love and that relationship will last forever and, and all of that. And um, uh, what's the reality of that? Is that really what, what you want? And I think that encompasses many things, not just relationships but you know what's going on in your career or your other things in your personal life like what what's your expectation versus the reality is that really what you want this thing you've wanted since you were a kid you know so now we're really excited to be bringing you to saint charles but it has to also be very exciting that you're going to your hometown to perform the show as well now are, will there be extra butterflies in the stomach knowing that there's people you grew up with who might come see the show? Um, a little bit, yeah. Because I think, the, especially the story about, um, you know, the kid I had a crush on when I was a teenager, I was like, anyone, it's not a surprise. Like, I met him in acting class. When you're a kid in a suburb in acting class, there's like 50 girls and three boys. <laughs> so we all had crushes on this boy. It's not like, (laughs) and so I think anyone who I knew at that time of my life from that specific place, from that specific group is going to know exactly who I'm talking about. So (laughs) a little bit, you take a little bit of the veil of anonymity off that way, but it's also, it's, I'm not like embarrassed about it really, because again, like I said, we all had crushes on the same boy. So um, it's, you know, I'm not embarrassed about it, but it is the first time I will go somewhere where it'll be like, oh, people are going to know who I'm talking about. So, yeah. You've been listening to It's Showtime with Ricky Lee. Today, I have been talking with the incredibly talented Victoria Montabano about her smash hit one woman show, The Princess Strikes Back, which plays Friday, May 19th and Sunday, May 21st as a part of Star Wars Comedy Weekend at Steel Beam Theater in St. Charles. I promise you this is a show you don't want to miss, so make plans to join The Princess Strikes Back at Steel Beam Theater. For ticket information, visit steelbeamtheater.com or call 630-587-8521. Victoria, it's been an absolute blast having you on the show. I can't wait to see you in St. Charles at Steel Beam Theater. And, uh, you know, and then on to the rest of the world. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thank you. We'll see you in the spotlight.